Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Private Banking Strategies with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. Before we get started, I need to let you know this is a part two of a two-part podcast. The gentlemen are presenting something that you're going to want to go and listen to the first half of this. Um, Normally, we could, you know, listen to these things in any order. However, they did a great job of setting up a foundation, uh, talking about putting the equity in your home to work for you. You really got to go back and listen to that previous one to really understand what this one's going to be all about. Um, But for those that are joining us that have listened to the first one, Seth, can you kind of give us a recap of what they heard last time? Sure. Thanks, Eric. We're talking about a family um, in their mid-40s, take-home pay of about $5,000 a month, uh, pretty much up to their neck in debt. Uh, They do have some assets, a house, a couple of autos, a boat, uh, not really thing is substantial to speak of and income producing. They didn't think they had any money to be able to even start their own banking system uh, with. But after doing the analysis, they they found that they did. They pulled equity out of their home. Uh, They scraped some things out of savings and they uh, liquidated IRA and they came up with about $80,000 to capitalize their bank initially. And that's where we are in our story. All right, Vance. Take it away. All right. Uh, Incidentally, one of the first things I'll say is when they liquidated and they took out the equity of the home, this really raised the ire of her father. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Because now she was doing something out of the norm. And he really thought that they were going to get themselves in trouble. So let's see if they did or not. One of the first things I want to point out what we're going to do with this $80,000. So again, if you've got uh, paper and pen, uh, maybe a little calculator, you can jot down your own little notes here. We're going to take the $80,000 and we're going to start our banking business. And in the example we gave before, we're going to put $10,000 of that $80,000 into this bank and policy. That's going to generate immediate upfront cash value or the profits of close to around 5500 maybe up to $6,000 that they can then put back with the original 80. So if we do the math, we start at 80,000, we're going to use 10 and put it in the bank, that lowers it to 70. But the 10 is going to generate, we'll say 6, and we're going to put that back with the uh, remaining 70 that we can use now to go buy debt. Well, the actual amount of debt that they were able to buy with the remainder was around $73,000. They bought the automobile debt, and they bought the um, um, boat debt, and pretty much the credit card debt. So those payments that were going away from them on a monthly basis total up to $2,260 plus, $63 per month. 
the way we justify and we organize this in our mind is that the two people looking back at us in the mirror are our clients. They're the ones that are paying the expenses, the bills, everything else, and they're just going to get notification of change of who they're going to make their payments to. Notice I didn't say pay off the debt. Well, Eric, you know as well as I do that if you pay an outside debt off, it's, it's gone normally, correct? I can't tell you how many people we talk to that say, oh, I don't have an automobile debt. It's paid, it's paid for. It's paid off. When that is really incorrect. Either you didn't value the money or you're not recognizing that that car is going to wear out and you're going to have to replace it. So you're either saving up or you're going to have to go in debt with someone else. So you will always have a car payment. Um, a few of these things. But in this situation, there's some very great things that we can learn from this that people think they know maybe where this client is, but probably don't have a clue. Remember this, the $22.63 per month that they're now receiving. In addition to that, they're going to pay themselves the $600 that was put, being put into the 401k, being tied up and almost worthless, and the overpayment of two sixty one. Okay? Now, twenty two sixty three times 12 is $27,156. Here's what we notice and we learn right off the bat once money starts moving. You've got to make those payments. We now have twenty two sixty three coming in. We had to come up with. I'm. I'm not going to use the money that we had to that we put in our bank because that's money in our bank. That's capitalization. So I'm going to use the remainder that we went and bought debt for seventy three thousand dollars. What we're going to call that today. So to find the value of what just happened to them, where could you find a place to invest seventy three plus thousand dollars and get an annual rate of return of $27,153 per year. Hmm, what kind of interest is that? So what we do in this case, we call it the volume rate of return. This is how banks make money. This is why they lend money. This is why they do what they do. So you take this, I'm going to put 73700 and I'm going to put uh, is the amount they had to come up with to put to work. So that's money at work. So we'll all agree with that. The money coming in off of that, of those monthly payments, is $22.63 or $27,156 per year. You take the annual return or total of payments, and you divide that by money at work. And in this case, we come up with 36.8% volume rate of return. Now, Eric, is that high enough? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I know you, uh, that you, you sound a little disappointed, so what if we throw in totally taxed advantage? Oh, well, okay, just you know, like the cherry on top. Okay. How long would you like that to last? I think we've asked this question before forever. <laughs> I mean, are, are these trick questions, <laughs> your man? 
Okay, so twenty-seven. Well, you know, we just rounded up twenty-seven thousand dollars a year over a five-year period of time. We soon learn it's not about just getting the money at work back. If this fits our budget, which it has up to this point, why not continue to get more of the money back we've put in to buy buy things over a five-year period of time? What we've turned our money into is $135,780. Not too bad, right? So this is not why you're listening to this podcast, though. The reason you want to hear from us is this is not the power. Any financial guru can make this math up and go forward. There's something else at play here that banks don't want you to know. And that is, what are you going to do with the money back in hand, the $27,000? It takes the first year for you to accumulate it all. But what if we were to reinvest that and buy more debt with it? And we're going to assume at the same rate because this is actually, folks, the low end of the return that you can receive. That would generate, that $27,000 would generate $10,000 for you to, uh, year two, along with the $20,000 that it's generating from the initial loan. And if we continue to take that money and buy additional debt at the same rate, we're going to be adding an additional $10,000 per year of additional money coming back to us. So if we take all of those, that totals $123,000. So 10 the first year, double that the second year, three of those in year four, and four of those in year five. So each year we're taking $27,000, we're buying more debt, and we're putting it to work and getting the average same rate of return. Just want to make sure. It's hard to not see the numbers, and this is why the uh, eight-year analysis is so important, because the numbers are just right there so you can look at them. So you add 123000 to 135000 we're at over $267,000 now. How are we doing? Great. But how, how, do, you, how do you buy more debt? Well, they bought only $73,000 of debt in year one. So that is a perfect question. So I want to f- let's follow the flow here and show you what happened in year one. By the end of year one, they have $27,000 plus in their accounts. They reduced their debt by $73,000, and they have $2,263 a month coming in. So we go to year two. Now the money's back in the policy. We've got $27,000 in the accounts. So we're going to pay $10,000 in premium, and we're going to go buy more debt. And so the results of year two is they bought another $23,000 worth of debt, they put $26,000, well, $27,000 in their account, but the money didn't, the cash flow didn't change because this money now is the only debt they have remaining is their house. Seth, uh, you haven't had much to say here, and I don't know when uh, we want to break here, but would you please describe one of the 
common things we have people do with mortgages that is called recasting and what recasting is versus refinancing. Do you see yourself in that story? Do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Are you ready for help? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Sure, so recasting is a way of uh, avoiding uh, paying the banks a, a large volume of interest. And it's a way to take a, a large chunk and effectively apply it towards principal and eliminate uh, large uh, interest yield curves on uh, on your mortgage. So if everyone has financed a home, you'll know there's a, a truth in lending disclosure, which tells you the total volume of interest you're going to be paying over 30 years or 20 years or whatever the term of your mortgage is. Well, if you have a chunk in your own private bank and you want to pay down the mortgage uh, and eliminate uh, years and years of interest payments, that's how you would do it with recasting. And we're not talking about refinancing. The only people or players that uh, benefit from refinancing are the mortgage brokers and the banks. And statistics show that people either sell their home by they move or they refinance about every five years. And all that does is make them perpetually pay interest. So recasting is what you want to ask us about when you've got uh, a mortgage chunk to pay. Uh, that's a beautiful definition. In this situation, this client actually did recast the mortgage, but we're not showing that in the numbers because we're not sophisticated enough to actually get that in the software yet. So we're pretending that you cannot recast, which hurts our numbers, which we kind of like. People usually complain at the results, but we like complaints that, hey, our, our numbers are higher than what you're showing. Um, we'll, we'll take that all day long. What I'm trying to go to now is they, they're running a system. They're accumulating this monthly payment back into their accounts. And by the way, in year one, in receiving that monthly payment, that is a second and third touch of the same dollar because they used it, they earned it, and then they bought debt. And now we've got monthly coming uh, payments coming back from those payments. And so we're getting retouches on these dollars. This is how banks do it. This is how and why banks get the money back so they can use it again. All right. And so we have several goals. We want to get completely out of debt and we want to expand our bank. So year in and year out, we're going to follow this system and we're going to take advantages when we can. We're pretty happy that the debt on the house is going down. We're not incurring any more debt. So in year three, they were able to uh, collect the, the $27,000 because that monthly didn't flow. They were able to low, lower debt by $21,000. But guess what? Instead of $10,000 that they put in the bank, they were able to double that. And literally, we call it starting a second business. They actually created a, a second policy. And now they're paying two policies, $10,000 in there, all paid by the system. 
Nothing else is coming out of pocket. There's, there's, there's no changes. It's all being run by the system. So you fast forward a little bit uh, on that. Uh, you go into, let's just take a look here for a minute in year five and six. In year five, we were able to add a third business. Still, we haven't got the property paid for. Could we postpone increasing the business and put that money on the mortgage faster? Yes, but it's kind of a catch-22 because the faster you build the bank, so you, you want the best of all worlds. So we're trying to play midstream here, and this is what they chose to do. So the near five, remember the schedule of premium that we pay the first four years, um, the $10,000, and then it drops down to 40%. So in year five, they're paying on their old policy, $4,000 a month, and their two newer policies, another $10,000 each. Yeah, no, that's good. So $4,000 yeah, $4, a year for the first policy, and then the second policy there at $10,000 a year, correct? Thank you very much. Guess what happened five years and one month later? Bet you can't guess. Ah, they paid their house off. In other words, they, they, they finished buying the debt. Now the cash flow changes. So in running a bank, the game is to increase that monthly payment, that monthly cash flow, putting more and more money to work. Well, the very best, safest scenario here is for us to be a client and for us to buy our own debt, right? So, but now the monthly went up to $3,100. And $23 a month. And they just don't look back. They go forward you know, further and further and further. Over that eight-year process, they literally had four policies. Two of them were at $4,000 each, and they had two at $10,000 each. And they've kind of felt like as, as the demand was there, they would increase and go that way. Now they have a problem, Eric. They got $3,000 a month coming in, income tax-free, all building up, all going back into their policies, no more debt to buy. Aha. Uh -huh. That sounds like a real problem, Vance. Jeez. <laughs> you have any debt you can sell them? Uh, they, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they can call me up anytime. So a couple of things, uh, Seth, and I want you to expound on this. I'm going to open up a couple of, of mortgage topics that are absolutely critical and uh, Seth has got the in-depth knowledge here. Number one, people are under the mistake that they can make extra princip principal payments and it will help them out. It will never help them out unless they go to the end of the mortgage. It doesn't even save them a penny of interest until the back end. So any principal isn't applied right there at that time. It's applied to the back end, and it moves forward. So way out there, 30 years, and we start paying a little extra, it starts advancing. And most of that is principal there. So uh, we save on that end, but we don't save any interest. And that's why several countries have outlawed our mortgages. 
So it's very important. Seth, you talk, uh, hit a topic on do yourselves a favor, tell your loved ones, everyone else, do not refinance. Why, why shouldn't we refinance? When you, ref, well, when you refinance, uh, you're going to uh, start all over on the interest versus principal uh, yield and curve. Um, and, and everyone should be familiar with uh, the truth in lending disclosure when you purchase real estate. The real cost of uh, interest is it laid out there. So if you have a $500,000 home, for example, you may pay uh, three times that in interest costs. And when you make your first payment, it's effectively all interest and no principal. And it's like that for months and months and years with a very small increase uh, applied to principal and most of it going to interest. So at year five, you're still paying very, very little principal and mostly interest. And if you refinance at year five, or if you sell your house and move and you enter into a new mortgage, or refinance that mortgage, you're going to start all over at the very bottom of that curve and be paying all interest and no principal. And the uh, the way that you avoid that is through uh, the uh, the ability to recast the mortgage rather than refinance. And that's something you can ask us about when you when you talk with us. So so the average damage that people occur thinking they're better off because literally people think they're paying 2.9 or 3% interest when they will never ever pay that until the very, very last payment. And why they get to announce that this is a 3% mortgage, I don't know, but there's 360 payments in a 30 year mortgage. And if only the last one is 3%, or very close to that, but what I'm trying to tell you, that's where the damage comes from. People avoid, you know, they actually go into hardship to try to avoid paying any interest on a credit card because it's 25%, might even be 30%. And they'll, they'll refinance all day long and pay 96% on their mortgages from their payments. Well, you said at the beginning, you know, make sure that you maybe you have a pen and pen, you know, paper and pencil or a calculator and i've got a calculator sitting here and i just got a little sick to my stomach uh, because i've been in our we've been in our home for 10 years and i know what the purchase price was and i know how much we owe right now and the difference there is right around forty three thousand dollars um and in these 10 years of payments i just did the calculation and i've made one hundred forty four thousand dollars worth of payments (laughs) I made $144,000 worth of payments and I only, you know, I only took my loan down by about 42. So that's a hundred grand. Now, can you see, can you see the power of self-banking? What if you could own that finance? What if we could then do that now set it up for our extended family? Folks, there's so much here that you need to understand. It's, 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 you're already at the end of the tunnel. Let's let let's wrap things up with how they get in touch with us. What we would like you to go through because our very first actual meeting, we we do a uh, exploratory phone call just so we can see where individual is. But when they fill out that um, form, is our 
first meeting and we have we get extract a commitment out of people <laughs> that okay do you want the strategy in your life or not you're not going to know how to run it you're not going to know where you want to start but you're going to see with your own number the re results of practicing this month by month but you have to have the background in order to make that decision it's like a car so seth outline what we suggest people to do that are interested in taking the next step and, and how should they do it sure well the, like we talked about before we've got a, a pretty vast uh, asset base on our website at www.privatebankingstrategies.com and there you'll get some contact information to us whereby you uh, subscribe to our email list and we uh, send you content that on different topics, including this one, asset protection, and things that deal with the seven pillars of, of private banking strategies, tax-free growth, financial privacy, how to uh, leave your legacy to your heirs tax-free. And these subject matters uh, are, are, are pretty robust. And the podcast that we are producing here with you, Eric, there's a, there's a whole litany of podcasts that deal with different topics, and people will find themselves in the various instances and scenarios of, of those podcasts. Um, we also have a free book, and if, when you give us your email, you get the book, and it's kind of a red pill book. We like to describe it as whereby we're identifying issues that people uh, many times are not aware of, and sometimes they are, such as the centralized banking uh, uh, advantages and how they get the money and how you're losing your money, how you can get your money back with these type of uh, private banking strategies in place. So that's how they start. They get our book, they read our emails, they listen to our podcast. If those things are resonating with you, then we uh, have you schedule a call with Vance. And the, your in, the intake request form that I uh, mentioned previously uh, in this two-part series is an asset uh, and liabilities worksheet takes about five minutes or less and you you produce that for your call with Vance and he gets into your numbers and identifies exactly how this can work for you now with our couple that we're talking about they were almost two hundred thousand dollars in debt and they had assets that were all depreciating effectively autos and boats and and a house and they didn't see any way to actually implement this until Vance got his uh, sleeves rolled up and, and got his hands dirty with these folks and showed him, you got $80,000 to work with. And before they know it, the, all of their debts are paid off, their house is paid off, and they've got all this cash value sitting in policies that they never thought that they could even put together, all from implementing the private banking strategies. Share with them what uh, Dad ended up doing. Seth, <laughs> this is what's really the I think the payoff. Well, Dad was a he he was a manager of a branch bank, and he totally did a one eighty. He came in to Vance and and basically uh, conceded that he had uh, been wrong with his theories and strategies, and he began to put all of his children into private banking strategies and and really have a a, a turnaround. Well, hopefully he didn't lose his job at the bank because. <laughs> Word gets out. No, but he did. He, he did swear us to secrecy. <laughs> there you go. This is why we're not naming the Good. bank. <laughs> he told me he had no idea how his bank makes money. 
that he's a salaried employee. His job was to make sure that his branch passed all the audits. Absolutely. Well, again, it, it's that red pill scenario. It's, it, once you kind of get a glimpse behind the curtain, you, you really, really begin to understand. So thank you for taking the time to educate all of us. I'm, I get more excited every time we talk and you know that. So, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to be, uh, to, to move forward with you guys as well in the podcast and other things. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. Well, you're welcome. It's such a pleasure to be able to talk and, uh, we'll look forward to the next one. Yep. Sounds good. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the private banking strategies podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Vance and Seth come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Private Banking Strategies, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Thank you for listening to the Private Banking Strategies podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of private banking strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.